Okay, Stellar Woman listeners, prepare yourselves. This is the last podcast where we'll hear from our fabulous former hosts, Mary and Mila. But what an episode for them to go out on. When you think of a leader, what's that picture that comes to mind? What do they look like? What do they sound like? We'll take that and throw it all out of the window as we sit down with Emma BF, a leadership coach, as she redefines what leadership looks and sounds like. So Emma, we're so excited to have you with us today. Um, we were just chatting before that we have so much to get through in not such a long, a lot amount of time. So I'm going to jump right in. Um, could you share with us your story and what's been your journey to becoming a leadership coach? Um, my name is Emma BF. I have a very long last name. It's Bloxburg Fire Ovid. So I've been known most of my life as Emma BF. So you can roll with that. Um, yeah, Mila, as you mentioned, I'm a leadership coach, but Five years ago, I didn't even know that leadership coaches existed. So it was something I wish I had at the time because I was in a senior leadership role at an organization that I worked with and I was the only woman and I was junior by about 20 years. And I'll never forget this one meeting that I went into. Do y'all remember those like elusive, back when we were in person, those elusive boardroom doors that close when a senior leadership meeting happens. And if you're outside those doors, I remember thinking like, what goes on on the other side of those doors? I see you all nodding and I'm I sure- I was gonna say in the movies, Emma, Mila and I haven't been privy to those doors yet. So we'll have to see. <laughs> yes, well, this I think is one of the big questions out there, especially for women who wanna step into leadership is like, what happens beyond those doors? And I remember the first time I was on the other side of those doors, Y'all, I remember I was wearing this like power black blazer because I was like, here I am. I am in a senior leadership role. And I'm going on the other side. And I went in being like, this is the room where it happens. Almost like that song from Hamilton. I want to be in the room where it happens. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is the room where strategy happens. This is the room where big impact decisions happen. This is the room where we really take our power and use it for good. And I stepped into that meeting and little did I know, we spent the entire time color coding a project tracker for our CEO's priorities. And like, I remember thinking, what the heck is this? This seat that I've been wanting to be in for my whole career, this seat that we are told you need decades of experience before you can be in this leadership chair. Or you need to, you know, wear the power black blazer and you need to come in hot and you need to show up in a way that gifts the powers that be opening the door for you. And I remember thinking that moment, oh my gosh, it's like I've stepped into the Wizard of Oz. We've pulled down this big curtain about what Oz is, what leadership is. And it's just like a tiny man here with a fragile ego trying to keep the smoke and mirrors going. And that really started my journey of understanding and demystifying what it takes to be in leadership and more importantly, empowering other people who don't necessarily look like what we consider a leader to be, which is usually a white male in a dark suit, (laughs) empowering those people to say, you know what, you can do this too. And most importantly, you can learn to do it your own way. That's awesome. Do you still have the blazer? I do, but I have not worn it in years. Now I'm so much more comfortable in more comfortable clothing, more colorful clothing. Mm -hmm. Like 
I have no problem almost wearing hiking gear into a, into a powerful meeting. <laughs> I agree. You got to be comfortable to really be yeah. your best self. I, you know, I'm in joggers right now and I feel great. So exactly. five years ago, you had this epiphany, if you will. And then two years ago, you started your business. Is that correct? Or you launched officially? Yeah, just actually a year ago. So I launched my business during the pandemic doing leadership coaching for women in tech. And I left my full-time technology consulting role in November, 2020. So what was that like? I imagine the thought process of going out on your own, maybe started in that room where you were thinking about it. And then the pandemic hit. And I think it was easy to be like, well, let me stick with what I know versus going out on your own at such an uncertain time. How did you, you know, Tell us about your thought process and how you move forward with that. Oh, yeah. I feel like I was stuck with like two voices on other sides of my head, right? There was that one sound voice of fear, that inner fear. And it was mostly, God love her, my mother's voice being like, so you're not going to have health insurance. So you're going to do this during a pandemic. (laughs) And honestly, other people in my life, I had a mentor who I love dearly, but he told me that he didn't think I had the swagger to start my own business, which like is hilarious to me because like, I'm a hip hop dancer. I have a lot of swagger, (laughs) right? Yeah. There's those voices on the one side. And then on the other side was this clear vision that had been growing in me for the last few years of working with women in tech. Cause I am, and was a woman in tech of seeing women give themselves permission to show up in a different way in the workplace when they understood these core leadership skills, like how to have executive presence, how to have courageous conversations. And that vision at the end of the day was bigger and more important to me than these fears, but it wasn't a fearless choice. Like, oh my gosh, I have never cried so much out of fear before deciding to leave my job. And I had a huge support system with me to make it happen. Awesome. And you're killing it. So you know, <laughs> you definitely have the swagger. The clients are killing it. Oh my gosh. It's wild. So being a woman in tech and now working with women in tech, there are obviously a lot of challenges that could be contingent on people's individual career paths or what have you, but what's like a universal challenge that you see women in tech facing? Like the number one, if you had to pick. Feeling like they have to show up a certain way to garner respect, authority, and influence. And it's really crushing confidence in the workplace because I talk with women from all backgrounds, all educations, all socioeconomic backgrounds, and it's the same thing. I feel like if I don't show up in a loud, aggressive, male-centered way, then I'm not going to be heard. I'm not going to be understood, and I'm not going to get what I want, whether that's a promotion, more money, more influence, more visibility, or honestly, just like more inner peace or knowing who they really are. And we know it's not just women. We know it. It's people of color. It's people from marginalized groups. And it's anybody who has felt like they cannot accept themselves or be accepted by people in positions of power or by company cultures that are saying you have to show up differently. So This is the issue of our time, especially for companies who are focused and committed to retention, focused and committed to development. And it's this opportunity for individuals like people like you to say, okay, I actually, even though it may not feel like it, I have a choice of how I show up in the workplace. 
that all like resonates with me really hard and I like just my head's like bubble head just nodding like while you're talking um kind of like leads me to my next question so let's say you know everyone is true to themselves and they work up the ranks and they find themselves in this position of leadership how does someone know what their leadership style is you know is it like an extension of strength is it a working style like how would you kind of define or if someone's you know found themselves in this new position of leadership like what is my style Mm, I love that and I think not enough people are asking that question So for me, the way that I coach and the way that I train on leadership style is a values-based approach. So how do you know what your core three values are? And these values are actually, as you're saying, they source from your strengths. So what I help people do is identify key moments in their life where they felt like you can feel it in your body when you are on fire or you feel like you are yourself. Like have either of you experienced that where you're just like, Yes. In that moment, I felt a hundred percent me. And then it's in that moment that we can unpack and distill. What are the core values, the core ways of being where you were in that moment? And guess what? Those are your values. I've been in conversations where trying to understand our values or understand our leadership style takes hours or it takes days. And it's a super complex process, but I believe in simple and actionable approaches. So you think about that moment, you bring yourself, like bring your body back into that moment. It's looking at a picture, it's listening to a video from that day, or you just remember that and you identify those core feelings. And often the women I work with, they'll come, some values that come up are empathy, excitement, love, badassery. I mean, like, this is the point is if you take a values-based approach to defining your leadership style, then that core value begins to show up in your thoughts, your actions, your beliefs, and how you show up in every room. And it sounds maybe silly or trivial, but I just need to have fun. And I think when I have fun, I'm like, I'm on, I do good work. I'm a good, you know, fiance. I'm a good dog. Like that's just how I would describe myself. I need to have fun or I'm like not happy and not productive. So that's something I've realized that that's a value of mine. And it doesn't sound as polished as I value time management. <laughs> What's something yeah. like, which I actually do. Yeah. I'm like really big on deadlines, but my thing is that, you know, it's, it's almost like you do have this epiphany. Also like fun is my number one, my best friend's my fiance, like the people I'm closest to are the people that I have the most fun with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so, so what do you say that? Like, I, I don't think it's trivial. I think it's great. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll be in meetings oh. and if there's someone new who joins and first of all, people are joining in virtual environments. So it already feels isolating. So people will be like, this is blah, blah. And I'll be like, oh, do you watch Bravo? Like, have you seen Summer House? And people kind of look at me like, what? I'm like, let's just like get to know this person for five seconds. So I think Mila and I are kind of the same. We both also watch Bravo and I know our listeners are probably sick of hearing about it. This podcast is not about Bravo (laughs) yet, but um, it, you know, just keeping it personable. And if you're laughing throughout the day, you're not like counting down the minutes until, you know, you clock out or whatever. Well, and I'm sure that your listeners can even hear the change in your voices. I heard it when you Mm -hmm. started talking about what fun means to you Mm -hmm. and like how you're infusing it in the workplace. I mean, back to your question, what's my leadership style? It's like, it's nothing external. 
it's all internal. It's like, what lights me up? Because when you are in that energy, like I could plop you into a room with executives from all different companies. And if you show up in that fun energy, guess what? They're going to see you as a fun leader. You know, I've had women who go through my group leadership coaching program, Rise Up. And one woman in particular, we went through this values exercise and she realized that this, her value of connection was missing in her culture. Mm-hmm. And she ended up bringing that concern to her leadership team and letting her know that she saw a gap where there was a lack of connection. And leadership was so thankful that she brought up that feedback that they ended up creating different spaces for people to simply connect. I love that. And so she advocated for the value that she wanted to see in the company. And then the space was created based on her doing that. That too, sometimes you just have to raise things. Sometimes you internalize things. And I think you could think everybody has the same experience or whatever, but people are busy. (laughs) It's kind of like advocating for your own work. Like nobody's like, well, I wonder what Mary did today. Let me think and like go analyze her emails and like, she's doing well. Like you have to speak up for yourself. And if there's a value that you want that you might not get, maybe it is asking for it. And maybe they'll be con- amenable to it. Maybe not. But I think that's a great point. Just speaking out once you recognize what you want and need is a great step. And then you can assess whether or not, you know, that is actually coming to fruition. 100%. Wow. Well, Emma, we love, love chatting with you. Um, I hope we can continue the conversation, but thanks for joining us on the Room podcast. Thank you so much. It was awesome being here. And if any of your listeners want to connect more, you can find me on social media or check out my group coaching program, Rise Up at www.emmabf.com. We'll link that in our show notes so you guys can definitely check Emma out. For Stellar Woman, I'm Mary Rectoris. And I'm Mina Taylor. Signing out.